Hello there, it's me, Andy Peters, here on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose Podcast. Let's see what we've got in store this week. Kelvin Fletcher was in the studio telling me all about his brand new play, Jack Absolute Flies Again. It's on at the National Theatre. And Adele Parks came in to fill us in on her brand new book, which is her 22nd book in 22 years. It's called One Last Secret. And it's all fun and games here, as we'll be playing the Sunday Summer Barbecue Competition soon. But first, let's see who our mystery voice was in Guess the Guest. He's so funny. Guess. The, uh, the um, guest. Guest. Yep, guess the guest. Your chance to win an amazing Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box, which has got all sorts of things inside, including some champagne, some chocolate, some shortbread, and some aged balsamic vinegar from Medina. What time is it in Medina, I wonder? (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure even Siri knows. Uh, I would love for you to win. Uh, Thank you very much, everyone who's got in touch. We've got three callers standing by. If the first caller gets it right, they win all of that stuff. If they don't, I'll go on to caller number two and then caller number three until we give away this gift box. So I've just been reliably informed in Medina right now, it's 11.27. This is a truly global radio show truly global. We now know what time it is in Bali. We now know what time it is in Medina, the home of the number one aged balsamic vinegar from Waitrose. See what I did there. Right. So, okay, let's go to the phones. Let's go to the phones. Stefan in Liverpool. Stefan, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm all right, Stefan. How are you today? I'm okay, thank you. Very well. Good to hear from you. uh, No, you phoned me, love. Well, that's true. Good to hear. Yes, we're good to be heard by you then. Yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Have you had a good week? Yes, not bad, thank you. Yes, a bit quiet on, on the old work front, but yes, it's, uh, it's, it's all good. But oh, what do you do? Oh, well, I'm an actor, but I also run a murder mystery company. See, now, th- see, the thing is, right, Stefan, at moments like yes. this, I think I've got so many things I now want to ask you. <laughs> I look at the producer, he's looking in the, Andy, there's a clock with the seconds are ticking away and you've got uh, things to do. But, Stefan, would I have yes. seen you in anything famous? Um... I'm going to say yes. I was just in the last series of Peaky Blinders. No, that's yes. that's amazing. That's wicked. Was it good? For, how many episodes were you in? And how I was in three. Oh. I was in three episodes. I played Tommy's Butler George. Right, hang on a minute. If Kelvin Fletcher's listening, Kelvin, you were the star booking. Just tell the car to turn around. <laughs> so, uh, my guest today is Stefan from Liverpool. Recently appeared in Peaky Blinders. Hashtag three episodes. Don't you know? Uh, was it a great experience? <laughs> it was. It was amazing, you know. It was it was fantastic. I spent just over a week on set, and uh, we working with Killian and and people like that. It was wonderful. Were you at all scared? Because I always think when you're in these big dramas and stuff, that where the storyline can be quite involved. As an actor, is it not quite scary? Oh yeah, it's very intimidating. It's um, it was yeah, I was really really nervous. You know, the night before and stuff. It's like this is one, like one of the biggest shows going. And um, but everyone was so lovely, and Killian like introduced himself to me and said, oh, "Welcome on board." Oh. No, it was really great, and everyone was really kind and lovely. So it was a really w- w- amazing experience. Oh wow! Oh, do you know what, Stefan? Th- thank you for sharing that with us. Uh, any good auditions coming up? Maybe I know you said it's a quiet week. You know, uh, yeah, it's been quiet. I mean, I've had a, a, a few um, um, self tapes, which uh, you know, auditions via Zoom and what have you. Yeah, but uh, no- nothing, nothing, nothing yet is as, as hit home. So we we we, we keep trying, don't we? And what would be your dream job to be cast in? Anything alongside Simon Pegg. 
Right. That, that'll be it. That'll be my total dream. So, yeah, definitely. Okay. Well, look, I might not be able to make that <laughs> dream come true, but I might be able to get you some chocolate dipped shortbread amongst other that, things. That, that would be the second That would be the second choice. So, yeah, okay, that, fine, good. Great. All right, okay. All right, well, look, it's quite simple, Stefan. I've got a clip from somebody who's been on the Graham Norton show. If you can tell me who this person is, you'll win. I've been uh, an audience here once. Really? What? Yeah, yeah, I came oh, yeah. to watch you. Oh, my God. Um, and you had Elton John on. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and some girl brought me. I was like, we're going to the Graham Norton show. Sick. All right, cool. Was that a date? Was that a date? It was at the time. I, well, to... I thought it was. Nothing happened. I, I, left, I left there and I was like, where's she going? She's gone. However, I loved it. <laughs> and it was ledge. And now I'm sat, sat on the red sea. <laughs> <laughs> I just, some girl brought me, love it. Uh, okay. You know what, I'm, I'm go, not, I'm go not sure now, but I'm, I'll go with my original choice, but I'm not hearing it again, I'm not sure now, but never mind. All right, well, hang on, <laughs> just, just hang in there a minute, Stefan. Follow the script, love. Uh, we play the dramatic <laughs> drone sound first. Okay. And I build up the tension. Come on, okay. you're an actor, you should know these things. Yeah, I repeat ready. the question to you, quite simply, Stefan. If you tell me who that person was, you win the prize. I say, okay. over to you, Stefan. You say... Stefan? Yes? No, this is where you... This, hang on a minute. Let's do an actor speak. Uh, everyone stand by. And Stefan, action! <laughs> Joe Swash. And then we wait for the computer <laughs> to tell us, was that Joe Swash? Stefan. I know. I'm... Yeah. Do, do, do you know what, Stefan? Stefan, normally when people get it wrong, I don't talk to them anymore. Cut him off. Thanks very much for your call, Stefan. Uh, we just spoke to somebody that's in Peaky Blinders. That's quite showbiz. OK, on to the next caller, line two. Um, it is lovely Sheila in Torquay. Sheila, good morning to you. Hi. Sheila, Hi. now, do you have a life as exciting as Stefan's was? Unfortunately not. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's quite good, though, that we've spoken to somebody in Peaky Blinders this morning by yeah. 10.35. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, well done. It's lovely for Stefan to phone the show. Thank you so much, Stefan. Nice to talk to you. So, Sheila, tell me a bit about yourself. What do you do? Uh, work for the NHS. Lovely. Um, can't think of anything else now, Mike. Okay. All right. Well, do you know what? You do a great job. And, you know, in America, they always go, we thank you for your service to servicemen. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to say that to you, Sheila. We thank you for what you do. Uh, for thank the NHS you. in this country. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing system. Um, so thank you. In Torquay, nice part of the world. Okay, do you think it you is. know who it is? Do you need to hear it again or do you want to just go straight ahead with your guess? What I'll do you want to do? Okay, wait, 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 wait a second then, Sheila, because I need to get the dramatic sound effects on first. Okay, there. Dramatic sound effects are there, Sheila. Got anything nice planned for today? Just in case I have to cut you off as well. Sunbathing. In case you get it wrong. Sunbathing. Yeah, sunny okay. Torquay. Oh, sunny Torquay. Make sure there's no white bits. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay, Sheila. Who do you think it is? I think it's Taryn Egerton. Sheila, can I just tell you one thing? Yeah. That was my guess as well. That was my right. guess. So we now wait to be told, <laughs> are you wrong or are you right? I genuinely don't know. Well, that's it then, Sheila. You were wrong. Well, the sunbathing can start early, Sheila. You're not going to have to wait in for a package from Waitrose to come. Thanks very much to Sheila. OK, we've got another caller on the line. Samantha in South Wales. Good morning, Samantha. Good morning, Andy. How are you? How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? 
flying Greek. So, Samantha, Stefan was an actor who's been in Peaky Blinders. I Great know, I, job. I was listening and thinking, I can't even compete well, with anything Well, hang on a minute. Like well, come on. Sheila works for the NHS. They're heroes. They're heroes can't in blue. Can't compete with that either. Can't compete with that either. What would you do, Samantha? I, I just work in a, I'm just working in an account office. Oh, right. Is that it? In a porter cabin. It's not even an office. It's a porter cabin. <laughs> I'm just a hamster on the wheel that keeps things going, you know? I'm just a hamster that makes the world turn around. <laughs> well, Samantha, it's your job. You do it, and I'm sure you do it fantastically well. So, And I'm sure your employer thinks that as well, Samantha. I'm I sure they so. do. <laughs> exactly. Um, right, Samantha, look, Up for Grabs is a Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box. It's got all sorts of things in it. Stefan guest Joe Swash. Even I knew it wasn't Joe Swash. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Sheila said Taryn Edgerton, and I genuinely thought it was Taryn yes, Edgerton. well, that was my second guest. Okay, so we're now relying on your first guess being... My cor- gut instinct, yeah. yeah. and they always say go with your gut, don't they? Especially in that, account- in that accounting world you work in. Go with your gut, just charge them more. Go with your gut. Yep. Exactly, <laughs> right. I'm going to get the dramatic sound effect on straight away, she- uh, Samantha. Right. Because I would I would like you to win. I really would like you to win. Because let's be honest. I you, ring every week for this. Do I you really? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I, well, I'm really sorry. The one week you get through, you didn't even get Graham Norton. <laughs> but in other words, you got me, Samantha. So you're winning already. Let's just Brilliant. put it that Love way, it. shall we? Okay, great. All right. I'm going to play the, the voice one more time. A, because I think it's hilarious. Uh, some girl took me. Um, Graham Norton show sick. Uh, we're going to play that one more time. I'm going to come to you, Samantha. You tell me who it is, and hopefully you win. I've been uh, an audience here once. <gasps> really? What? Yeah, yeah. I came oh, yeah. to watch you. Oh, my God. Um, and you had Elton John on. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, and some girl bought me. I was like, we're going to the Graham Norton show. Sick. All right, cool. Was that a date? Was that a date? It was at the time. Oh, well, to... I thought it was. Nothing happened. I, I left I left there, and I was like, where's she going? She's gone. However, I loved it. <laughs> And it was ledge. And now I'm sat, sat on the Red Sea. Come on. <laughs> hey, come on. OK, Samantha, the dramatic drone sound effect is playing. Samantha, get this right and you're a winner. Samantha, can you guess the guest? I can. I think it's Tom Grannon. You think it's Tom Grannon, OK. Grannon. Grennan, Grannon. I don't know how you say it. Um, OK, let's see what the computer says. <laughs> Samantha! Yeah. <laughs> well done, it is oh, him. Brilliant. Well done, Samantha. Guess Excellent. your first gut guess was the right guest. And things are flashing up on the computer screen in front of me. Uh, t- he played at Transmit in Glasgow yesterday, and later today we'll hear from him with Jane Middlemiss. Who knew? Oh, there we go. Excellent. Who knew? Well done, Samantha. You are going to get that guest, the guest, Graham Norton with Waitrose gift box, which has got champagne, truffles, biscuits, jam. Oh, this is wonderful. Thank you. I haven't even said the best bit yet. It's got number one aged balsamic vinegar from Moderna, where in Moderna right now it's 11.37 in the morning. (laughs) Oh, my word, Samantha, what a day. Well, look, even for you who works in a porter cabin, not even an office... (laughs) In South Wales. <laughs> what a way to start your day. Uh, Samantha, thank you so much for listening to Virgin. Congratulations. That's great. Thanks a lot. Thank Take you. it easy. See you later. Take care. Bye. 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 Oh, she's in a rush to get off the phone. Got to phone her friends and tell her. Andy Peters on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio.
Kelvin Fletcher, lovely to meet you. Oh, sorry, lovely, lovely to see you. Thanks Lo- for coming into the studio. Lovely to see you, Andy. How are you? And what a delightful uh, surprise upgrade well, from, from the lovely Graham Nelson. There I we think, go, you see. Just I, this day is getting better and better. Upgrade is exactly the right word. <laughs> upgrade, exactly the right word. Look, it's lovely to see you. Down in London, because you don't live down in London, do you? You've stayed... Yes, I'm just here temporarily at the minute, so um, I'm, I'm obviously northern-based. Yes, exactly. Um, and just down here for the wonderful... Jack absolute flies again at the National Theatre. So who do you play, out of interest? I play a character called Dudley Scunthorpe. Yeah. And this is, um, I remember when I first read for this for this play, it's uh, it's a fantastic, it's a hilarious play set in the Battle of Britain, yeah. 1939, 1940, I think that was. Yeah. And uh, it's just kind of celebrating love and at the same time delving into the tragedy of war. Obviously, back then at that time, um, Europe was very much deep in war. So uh, the subject is, is, is quite poignant. It's it's, uh, it's, it's very touching, very moving, but throughout consistently, it's absolutely heartwarming. It's indulging, and you'll definitely come away from that from that show. Hopefully, what where the aim is is with a spring in your step and feeling, you know, what it was so good to be back face. in the theatre. Exactly. Yes. So the theatre is in is National Theatre. Yes, uh, it's at the Olivier Theatre. The Olivier uh, Theatre, yes. okay, which is a fantastic theatre, proper old school. Yeah, uh, you've got a moustache. Is that you thinking your YMCA look or? <laughs> Is it for the character? It's for the character, and um, but it's funny because since I've got this moustache for the for the role, and obviously back in the nineteen forties, it was uh, the moustache was was quite a popular look, yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, absolutely, and um, and and since it's it's a bit of a I think I was quoted recently a bit of a ballsy move to to make sometimes <laughs> when you feel like you know it's, it's it's not that popular or it's not that common, but in London it seems to be very common. What, people with moustaches? I see an awful lot. So on the tube, on most days, I always see at least one or two people with a moustache, and it's that secret kind of acknowledgement to each other where you just give each other There's a little not. wink. There's not a well, secret. I, I'm doing it, so because <laughs> I just feel so happy that I'm seeing somebody else, and my excuse is that I'm doing it for a role, and their excuse they, is just, they're, you know... It's the, not even Movember, because obviously the charity Movember do a thing yeah. in November, but yes, you're right, in the middle of July, I, I'm going to look out for people giving each other a, a sly wink, and a, yes, I've got a moustache too. It might too. be me doing that, but I, I've got... I, I've got a slight affection with with uh, with Musashi. I think they look great, and uh, so for me, I'll probably continue it after this after this job. There are a lot of men. You know that Kelvin Fletcher winked at me on the tube. <laughs> oh yeah, winked at me on the tube. Kelvin Fletcher, yeah, that one who used to be in Emmerdale. Uh, doing stage must be so different to doing television acting. Do you watch Emmerdale still? Uh, no, with 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 no, you know, I've just uh, I haven't got time. Young family, um, very oh, busy with. Uh, you're not hearing this every day at seven. Uh, yeah, no, it's. Uh, I think the show's it's, since I left has gone from strength to strength. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> the, 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 it's, uh, no, it's a great show, and and for me, I think you know, obviously being at the national at the minute, um, I've come on the back of a couple of TV dramas as well. I just want okay, to spread my music irritating wings. you now. Yeah. Um, he's not happy with it he's, no, he's listen, done that thing he's done that thing he's like oh why are they playing that why is Andy Peters playing that stu- wasn't me by the way it was Anar behind you he, oh was it I don't play the music he plays oh. the music there's, there's a little wave there's a little wave yeah a little wave no it's uh, it's just great for fear yes, like you say stage acting is very very different I so that imagine. was a new a new skill to learn um, and uh, but hopefully it, it kind of still resonates with, with me I started acting as a kid very much it was a passion yeah. and I'd like to think that my talent my, my love for, for acting can be applied in many different forms whether that's on stage film tv whatever it might be ultimately you're trying to give you know give the truth of the play without sounding too 
Yes, actory. Yes, but that's also what you're doing, whether it's a comedy, whatever, whatever the genre it is. And I just want to make sure that I can give a, a good portrayal of that of that character and make sure the audience can absolutely understand and grasp the story and the narrative and and, and his. Uh, his traits, really. So when you're in the, you know, because you've got some great other people in the cast, and Caroline Quinton's in it, um, when you've got people who, like, like, she's a legend kind of thing, she's done this for years and years, do you still feel, yes, you've won Strictly, yes, you were on Emmerdale for 10 years, but do you still feel a bit like, I'm the new kid on this on this stage? Absolutely feel like the new kid. And, um, I, you know, I've, I've, I've been in this industry for 30 years now. You know, <laughs> since since I was a kid, it's, it's so, I, I'm very experienced in it myself, but I still very much feel that it's, uh, I'm on a, a bit of a rebirth, really, and and it's funny from from the Carolyn Quinton you've mentioned there, who's vastly experienced. She's done the West End. She's done yeah. massive comedy sitcoms. She's done everything, and she is a legend. And then we've also got a cast member, Millie, who's just I think just about to graduate from from um, you know from acting school. So you've got two absolute uh, opposites of the, yeah. of the spectrum, really, and that's the best thing about this show and the best thing about the National Theatre, really, because it's absolutely encompassing of of all levels of all experiences. And I consider myself very much a newbie, even though I've been acting for many years. So for me, it's inspiring, you know, working with people like Karen, but at the same time with, with Millie, it's just absolutely, you can't help but be galvanising and, and have bags of enthusiasm and think, you know, this is going to be great and uh, what a great journey we're on. I'm excited. To, I'm excited to try and go and see it because, I, I again, I, I'm the kind of person that goes to the cinema or the theatre. I want to go and be entertained, but I do like leaving with a smile on my face. Do you know what I mean? I like to leave happy. That's that for me is a, a nice day out or a nice couple of hours spent. Yeah, that, I think this this show absolutely will guarantee that. You, you will come in there with a real sense of, um, I mean, vis- visually straight away, the set is spectacular. It looks fantastic. It's uh, it, it's very period, um, and it just looks spectacular. And then as the show kind of evolves, there's uh, I won't give too much away. The set opens up. Oh. It, it, there's various sets that appears within a set. It's, it's really, really trick. Okay. And uh, and then you just, throughout the show, you're just kind of laughing at moments. You might be a bit upset. You'll be definitely moved. There's yeah. characters you can relate to. There's so many different characters. There's little love stories going on. It's so endearing. It, honestly, it's, it's it's one of the best plays I've ever I've ever read. So to be a part of it was is genuinely an, an honor, really. Now listen, you've done so much as you say. You're on stage now. So Kelvin is here to tell us about Jack Absolute Flies again. Would you call it a comedy? Absolutely. Okay, so yes, it's a comedy yes. uh, on stage. You're in previews now. Yep. Um, so if you want to see it, what you need to do is go to nationaltheatre.org.uk. That is where you can source tickets. Laura in Redhill asks the question, um, now you're back in theatre, have they changed much since COVID? Uh, good question, actually. I think it's very poignant, this play coming at a time it is, the fact that it is a comedy. Mm-hmm. And theatres have changed in many ways. You know, I think there's still a little bit, um, maybe some people feeling a little bit reluctance to be in those type, type spaces. But I think with the summer we're having at the minute, it's just, this is the absolute play to encourage people to get out, get to the theatres, hopefully ours, but all yeah. the theatres, and just go and see some live shows. And there's nothing like, no no medium will give you anything like theatre does. It's that live performance, regardless of the subject. And uh, you can't help but come away just feeling better, feeling lifted and inspired. And it's that sense of escapism. That's what live theatre does. It takes you away. And, and this hopefully will take you away to somewhere happy, fun, loving, and you'll definitely come away feeling much better. So theatres have changed, but I think they'll change you for the better. And hopefully they're going to get busier and busier. It's is it weird? Because then, obviously, when you're doing a TV show like Emmerdale, you rehearse, record, rehearse, record. When you're in a theatre, when you rehearse, there's nobody there. So you don't know, are people going to laugh there? Or does someone sit there and go, ha, 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 okay, carry on. 
that's that's the, I guess that's the great thing about previews at the minute. So we've been in the rehearsal room for six or seven weeks, and things that we find funny ourselves, or we we anticipate maybe a laugh there. Uh, sometimes on the show doesn't get maybe a bigger as big a laugh as, as you expected, and the things that you didn't think were funny suddenly are absolutely hilarious right. for, for some people. So it changes every night. I think that's the beauty again with a different audience every night. You never know what to expect really, and that's that's why it's quite crucial during the preview period is where it, the, the show is ever evolving. You see, mm-hmm. so from Thursday when we open up on our press night, the show will be pretty much locked in from there on in. Right, but oh, this then process, you do the same show. then we do the same show. Okay. There might not be tiny, tiny, tiny tweaks. So for instance, my friends came last night, and and I said a couple of things that they saw that they wouldn't have seen a few nights before but right. obviously they don't know because they've only seen that show so we're constantly trying to just pitch it just right where we want to get all the time and all the beats so there's a few changes but obviously this is all very new to me yeah I've, I've not done theatre before so this whole process has been challenging at times quite hard quite nerve-wracking but just you know hugely um, exciting really and uh, hopefully hopefully I'm, I'm, I'm doing a good job what made you say yes to doing it if it's something so different from what you're normally used to the fact that it's so different yeah, yeah. you know as, as an actor I can, can continue to want to pursue uh, you know artistically I feel like I've got so much to kind of give and show and, and the chance to work at the National Theatre uh, this play as well with uh, with Richard Bean and Oliver Chris those those two have, have combined and this I remember reading it thinking this is absolutely brilliant if I don't get this part I'm going to go and watch it anyway okay. you know it, yeah, I yeah, felt yeah, absolutely connected to it and uh, it's just been a, a fantastic journey thus far and you know we've not really opened yet and we've you know we're seven or eight weeks in and it's just been one of the best jobs I've ever had so oh, amazing. amazing company amazing cast um, and the National Theatre, I think I don't think there's an actor out there who wouldn't want to work at the National Theatre. So to do my first kind of stage play uh, at the National, I've, I've set the bar so high. It's, <laughs> it's, a, it's yeah. all downhill from here. <laughs> Easy uh, well, It's interesting because you said you would have gone to see it when you read it. First of all, James from Bath says he's looking forward to coming to see the show. Do we need to have seen the original play, The Rivals? The Rivals, no, this, this it was adapted from the, so taken from The Rivals. I don't think you have to have seen the original play. No, there's certainly characters from that original uh, play that, that, have, that have transferred and, and, and evolved somewhat. But um, this is uh, its own play in its own right. And um, you can absolutely come there and within certainly within the first 20 minutes or so you're going to get a clear understanding of who the characters are what the story is how they all fit with each other and uh, and, and just when you think that it's time to sit back and relax you just then there's another burst of laughter and something else is going on so it's a constant uh, you've got to make sure you have a good co- good core muscles because it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's certainly a laugh a minute can you do a London accent yeah I can I'm pretty good at accents actually are you really yes can we do the rest of the interview with you doing your <laughs> London accent or not set myself well if there's some casting directors listening then yeah can we find out can we find uh, out who's I, listening you, then oh, you get... don't know how many jobs I've got I've got fingers <laughs> in so many pies um, I could cast you in a new episode a new drama on the BBC, because you want to be... No, ITV drama's quite good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm looking for a moustached bloke who could play a farmer who has a farm in London. And is that a thing, farms in London? This, this is drama. Coast. This is drama. Pretend. There can be a farm in Croydon, for all I care. So you need to be the farmer. And I'd like you to be coming to sell me some milk. Sell you some milk. Sell oh, me some milk. on the spot now. I'm blushing. Isn't this not called improv? Oh, Andy. Oh, Hello. <laughs> Hello, Father Kelvin. So you get in. <laughs> right now, listen. Strictly Come Dancing, nobody yes. expected you to win no. uh, until we saw you dance. And in the words of Shakira, those hips don't lie. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a hopefully a nice surprise for everybody. 
Uh, I think in the did circumstances, you know? I, I didn't. Well, you never know. It's a competition. It's not in your control. No, but did you know that you had hips that could move like that? I, I felt. I love music. Yeah. I was brought up listening to Motown and, and and Northern Soul, and so I very much felt felt like I had a little bit of rhythm. Yeah. Um, and and I think what did help is being an actor. I think is is that sense of losing your inhibitions and having that ability just to kind of perform. Yeah. And uh, and and that's that's the the bit that I found really quite easily. So maybe if you're a sportsman, you're coming into that domain, and suddenly you you dressed in lycra, you've had a fake tan, and you it feels time you can be a little bit campy. You think this feels a bit. Uh, a bit, a bit strange, yeah. but for me, that's it, it. Took me quite, you know, right well, back hang on, to tan camp. No, it's just a normal Thursday. That's showbiz, show <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. And, and I think that, and like anything, you get out what you put in. And I trained really, really hard. The choreography was 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 so intense. Uh, the whole the whole process of Strictly is really, really intense. Um, and the best thing about that show is how you can connect, kind of connect with the with the audience. I've never to this day done a show where I've connected with so many different types of people. Mm. Uh, it's a show that we watch as a family you know for me it's one of the best shows on tv what it represents yeah. uh, what it stands for and uh, so just to be a part of it was 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 a you know an honor really and then yeah you know week one i came in obviously as a replacement as for a somebody standby, yeah and um well i wasn't even a standby i wouldn't even make that list <laughs> <laughs> let's have it right and then uh, so i just went in there just just delighted to kind of just be a part of that show the show that we'd watched for, for so many years Amazing. as a family and uh, and yeah week one week two week then suddenly you're there in the final and give it my all and, and you always want to dance the best you can dance so in the rehearsal room we might yep. have done the perfect version of it on a Thursday afternoon that doesn't mean anything you want to do it on a Saturday night when it counts and that was the hardest challenge and there's so much to kind of take on and uh, so whether that means that you place last first tenth it doesn't really matter as long as you've danced to your best ability yep. and genuinely it was, there was no real sense of competition for me it was just I wanted to do do my best and do my partner, do Ulti proud, do the do my family proud, and uh, and shake my little hips in the process. Oh, I'm, I've just got to get. <laughs> what was your favourite? Did you watch it, Andy? Did you see it? You know, I watched it. it. I texted yeah. you a couple of times. You did, yeah, you did. Yeah, to say well done. What was your favourite dance? What of yours? Yeah, don't know. The one where you were so wearing you're blue. You're on the stop now. On the blue. You're wearing blue. You definitely wearing blue. Is that the samba? Yeah. Honestly, I'm just. I just couldn't believe. All I'm doing is thinking, oh my. Gosh, I didn't know he could do that. And you really had proper rhythm. I mean, you genuinely had proper rhythm. Well done. Honestly, congratulations. Thank you're, you. You're doing all the things and it's all hopefully falling into place as well, which is fantastic. Um, so the play at the National Theatre. At the National Theatre, At the National Theatre, darling. Yeah. Uh, it's called Jap Jack Absolute Flies Again. You're in previews now. It goes live, as it were, from the 14th. But we open on the 14th, but you can still get tickets now. You can come and see the previews now. Yeah. Uh, and then we're on until the 3rd of September. It's and a fantastic, hilarious, beautiful all right, we'll be the judge of that. Um, and also, <laughs> it's going to be broadcast in cinemas. Yes, it is. Yeah, so it's going to be broadcast in cinemas on Thursday, the 6th of October. A bit of a wait, so maybe go and see it live, then take your mates to the cinema. But that's fantastic to see it in the cinema as well. Yes, yes. And watch it be broadcast. Kelvin, honestly, it's a pleasure to see you. Thank you so much for coming. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you, Andy. And as they say, break a leg, darling. I will do. Break will a leg. Do. Still to come, we'll be giving away some amazing goodies in our Waitrose Summer Barbecue Competition. And right now, I'm chatting to the lovely Adele Parks. Adele, welcome to the programme. Hello, so lovely to be here. Uh, it's lovely to meet you. Uh, we've just been chatting. We've talked about tea a lot on our, on this show today. Yes. And I know that through talking to you just now, your mum used to pack tea. Yeah, Now pack we, tea bags for 
I can't say the brand. You can say the brand. Oh, off I go for Tetley's tea bags way back when I was a child. Oh, wow. Because she was really good. She wanted to be at home with the kids through the week. But when my dad uh, was off at the weekend, she would work a weekend shift at right. Tetley's tea bags. Um, she likes her tea really weak. No. Like you waft the tea bag over that boiling water and yes. then she goes, that's enough. And that's it. Would she have milk in it? With she has it very milky. That's it's so basically hot milk. Hot milk with a tiny bit, yeah. a tiny bit. But then how would your dad take his tea? He's strong, strong, very dark and then probably sugar. Well, see, like this... he tries to give up sugar but he sticks a um, Do you know, I'm the same. I'm t- I've always tried to give up sugar yeah. and I think, oh, what the heck, I'm here now. Exactly. He said, we all have our tea very differently. So do you think that your love of tea within your family is the secret of your success? Of your, <laughs> of, of your 21 times best seller books? Well, I don't know about it being the the tea but it's certainly sitting Something around in the water. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certainly. I mean certainly as a kid I used to um, so I come from quite a uh, my family's only my nuclear family's tiny but an extended big family yep. and um, as a kid I did often sit with a big biscuit barrel and a cup of tea and just listen to the adults and think they never say the same thing twice really yeah really interesting okay. and you'd hear little stories and little snippets and you'd see who could heal you know, like, don't tell a full story to granny, it upset her, but yeah. do tell, you know, you can tell your sister, that kind of thing. So, and I find it, we were talking earlier, I was saying, we've all got that friend who knows everything. I've got a friend, he knows everything. So he's that person in the room, in the group, you're like, ask him because he knows a little bit about everything whether it's all factually correct I don't know but he delivers it in a way that you go well he knows and that's what I think about <laughs> so someone like you like an author whatever you say I think well she must know she's written 21 times bestseller books well I know people yes I know people <laughs> I'm not very good on facts but I really know people my husband's convinced that I have like this secret superpower where I know what people are thinking even when they're not telling me and they might as well have a bubble oh. he's like you might as well tell her because she can see what you're thinking anyway it's a good big bubble outside her head and it, Inside your head and she can read it. Oh, my word. Now, look, the, talking of reading, the book is called One Last Secret. Would you kill to keep it? Um, so tell me a bit about this book. And this is book number 21. Uh, this is 22. Sorry, this is book number 22. Yes. It's, it's really easy to remember because I started in 2000 and then, well, really easy for me to remember. Yeah, Obviously, say. it's not your career, so you don't need to worry <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, so this is another dark, twisty psychological thriller. So... Um, I read a lot of psychological thrillers and I noticed that the uh, sex workers, the escorts, were often like in the background, either a dead body or just sort of nameless, faceless accessory. And I got this idea of what's her story. And so this book is written from the point of view of a high-end escort. That's Dora. Dora. She has come... um, really high-end. She works with incredibly ruthless, powerful people across the country um, and so therefore is seeped in secrets because they think she's relatively worthless. So they tell her secrets or she overhears secrets and there's that sort of thing going on in her world. She realises her world is incredibly dangerous. It's not a great life choice, let's be honest. So she's just trying to get out of it and she's met someone who genuinely cares for her, knows about her past but is prepared to say, let's start again. But he does ask her to immediately give up her work. However, she doesn't. She takes one last job in the south of France in a beautiful chateau, oh, which see, is great yeah, to research. You would, you'd take that job, wouldn't you? you would, well, that's what she thought. She quite yeah. likes the luxury. Yeah. And um, she took that the job thinking she was going to be nothing more than arm candy, to be fair to her. Yeah. Um, and it's nothing like it seems. She walks into this incredible trap. Um, <gasps> her past and her secrets catch up with her. 
Oh, and she's fighting for her life. I've painted the whole thing in my head. There was, there's that lovely bit where she's on the boat, she was walking down, but then she saw somebody. I mean, literally, it, the, your imagination must run wild because I'm assuming you're not a sex worker. and you've Correct. never. So, I mean, I just took that as red. So your imagination must just run Is that one well, of the beautiful things research, about being an author? Yeah. I mean, first of all, you get to live many, many, many lives because you really, really do. I mean, that's the whole joy of reading as well. You live many lives and it increases empathy and it makes us better people. We're we're more connected. We we look for connections rather than differences. And indeed, when I was researching this book, I approached it exactly like I approached all my other books. And I found sex workers to talk to because I wanted it to be realistic. I wanted to give them a voice. I didn't want to be patronising or go down some obvious tropes. Um, and so that it's not just imagination, although that's really helpful. Imagination is great for plots. None of the women I talked to, thank goodness, had ever gone through what my Dora has to go through. But they were great for the facts of how they keep themselves safe and sane and have a sense of humour. Amazing, which is great. I mean, mm. and even when it goes down to just choosing a name that your lead character is going to be Dora, do you have to make sure it doesn't sound like... You, you didn't interview someone called Nora. Correct. It's not that simple. Oh, well, I'll just call mine Dora. Yeah, actually, names are really important because in this book, which is, you know, it's got a lot of secrets, she has a number of names. She has yeah, her oh, real name. Oh. She has her christened name. She has shortened names because... Um, you know, she has a number of identities and I'm pretty certain that the names I was, you know, when I was introduced to these women, I'm pretty certain none of them gave me their real names. Why at, would at, you? at any stage. Yeah. <laughs> so when you are researching a book like this and the subject matter, which is, I mean, it's not heavy, but at the same, at the same time, it's, it's real life. There it are is. people that do yeah. that job. How shocked were you? What was the best story you heard? Um, I, I, I think the first thing that was really shocking, so I live in, um, you know, Serene, the lovely Surrey Hills area of natural beauty, all of lovely. that. Very low crime rate, blah, blah. I just put it into my Google search, sex workers near me. Apparently there's dozens of them, <laughs> just saying. Crawling with it. So um, first shock was that. Second shock, I think, was how young people are that do this. Mm -hmm. Because I think as as someone who knows a lot of young people, because I'm a, a mum of young, young people, you know, and you just a uh, young person and I know his friends, you think, no, no, there's other life choices. Don't do yeah. this. But once I got beyond that and just started talking to the women, I think there were some really funny stories that do appear in the book. One of them said, you know, I actually just had to model some really beautiful, beautiful high-end jewellery. Nothing else, just the jewellery. And she said, oh, and that air conditioning was vicious. And it just made me giggle so much, thinking that was like, you know, I've just been sat in the green room and the air conditioning was cold and I thought the same thought, oh let goodness. alone if you were naked other than a pair of earrings. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Where would one look? Well, hopefully just at the earrings. What would one would say, just look at the earrings. All of your books have been bestsellers and been in that top list. We will find out next week if it goes into the Times bestsellers list. Is When you're writing, are you thinking, I want, it's like Top of the Pops, I want to be number one, I want to be number one. Or are you just writing, do you know what, I just pray it's going to be a good book and well received. Uh, well, when you're writing, you don't think about the chart position at all. You just think about the words on the page. And I suppose the next thing you would think about is your readers. So um, over the 22 years, I have written lots of different types of books, different genres and certainly many different themes. I think I personally challenge myself every single time to come up with something different. I personally don't want my readers to say, oh, yeah, I read that one. Or, oh, yeah, she's visiting that theme again. So that's what's on my mind when I'm writing it. 
the week of launch, I would be an out and out liar not to say I am not <laughs> thinking about that chart position. I am. I, I don't think I think about the number one position. I didn't get number one until 19 books in. Wow. Yeah, exactly. So I was always top Sorry, 10. I don't mean wow as in, oh, whatever. But no, I'm like, <laughs> wow, that's amazing still. No, but I mean, I'm fine with it. So I so the first 18 books were top 10, but never that number one. So I'd kind of start to think, well, hang on, well as so long not- as I'm in top 10, you know, it's fine. But then, yeah, when I got that, finally, I got the number one, I did think, oh, that's amazing. But now I'm just like, please let me keep that record of top 10. That would be amazing. So was your first number one, I invited her in? Lies, lies, lies. Oh, the next one, I was yeah, close. because it won't have oh, this one, one on that list. So, so I just yeah. counted down the list. Yeah. Okay, so it's lies, lies, lies. I invited her in was number two, lies, lies, lies was number one. And then after that, it's been number one. Oh, it's, yeah. and, and, and honestly, I'll have my fingers through. It's interesting you talk about... Each book being different, you don't want people to think you've revisited. Gemma in Farringdon says, Morning Adele, I absolutely love your books and have read every single one of them so far. Might be like asking a parent about their favourite child. However, which was your favourite to write? Oh, Gemma, um, favourite to write was probably... Oh, I really can't say. I don't know. I I thought you were going to say, what's your favourite book? And if you'd said your favourite book... Book, I think I would have definitely said One Last Secret because I always say the last one because right. it's a good job I didn't have more than one child because I'd have neglected the <laughs> eldest one as I turned my attentions on the second. But One Last Secret wasn't so easy to write because it was another lockdown book. So I've written two books during two lockdowns. So One Last Secret whilst it is set in the south of France and I couldn't go there. Oh. And I think normally I would. And so, um, so Gemma, that wasn't my favourite to write, I guess. Oh, Just My Luck was a lot of fun to write because that was about lottery winner. I spent a lot of time in luxury shops saying it was research. <laughs> saying, that can I just good. look at that handbag, please? Yeah, exactly. Why, it's research. Yes, that's cost £12,000. And I would each time go, that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that was a lot of fun to write. Did you win £190 million on Friday? I did not. I, I don't even know if anyone did win. I don't know either. I don't think I won either. I would be here still I hope you know. And I'd like to say the same as well. Yeah, I would still be here I really if I'd won would. that 190 million. Uh, another question from Paula. Uh, love your books. Who is your favourite go-to author for a good read? Thank you, Paula. Um, Sally Hepworth, who's actually relatively small here in the UK. Um, she's an Australian writer and she writes the same sort of domestic noir psychological thrillers that I do. And I love her work and I don't understand why she's not bigger here in, in the UK. Well, OK, cool. You've lived in Italy, London... Leafy, um, sorry, and Botswana. I found that quite fascinating. Yeah. How was Botswana? Amazing. So I was quite young. I was only uh, 25 and I lived there for two years helping set up um, an advertising agency that was an affiliate of Saatchi's. And it was just mind-blowing. I mean, yeah, absolutely wonderful experience and still got friends from that time of my life. Um, how do you beautiful go, country. How do you go from working in advertising... In London. In London to... In Soho. Yeah, exactly, to, to be yeah. in Botswana and then to writing... 22 books. I don't know. I just like lots of different adventures. Um, yeah, I I think, gosh, life's too short and I try and pack as much in Good as I possibly you. can. Yeah. And I, I love travel. Um, yeah. And the 22 books, funny enough, I've never written one about Botswana because I think that's been covered off with the detective series, yes. blah, blah. Yeah. Um, but I have written about Italy and never say never. And I keep saying to my family, we need to go back to Botswana. It's the most beautiful place. You've been awarded an MBE. Congratulations. Have, me grown up. have you ha- have you had your ceremony? No, I okay. haven't. Oh, I hope I haven't missed 
used it because um, when I was awarded my MBE, I twice put the um, email telling me I'd been awarded my MBE in the delete file because I thought it was a joke. No. I really did. That's where I've gone wrong. <laughs> quick Hang on, check. I'm going to get my iPad. That's where they are. Quick, quick, oh, quick put them check in the wrong spam. File. Oh, my goodness. I genuinely did. Because I, I get things saying, you know, you've been selected for or, you know, yeah. the who's who in America, something ridiculous. I'm not even American. Um, <laughs> so I always just delete. And, and it wasn't until five hours before they actually closed the line that my agent rang and said, aren't you going to respond to this? And I was like, is it real? Uh, well, so and, and in this day and age, don't click on it unless don't you know. Click. Yeah, I know. Exactly. It's true. Don't click unless you know it's the right thing for sure. Yes. Well, look, Adele, I wish you the very best of luck with it. One last secret is out now. Uh, Amazon, fastest way to get hold of it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's in hardback and it obviously, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be a Times bestseller. But you know what? Even if it's not, it's a fantastic read. And Dora, I mean, we don't want to say, you know, one can't say how it mm. ends, but Dora... She's, she's she just, goes through the mill, yeah, she's she? doing, her best. Yeah, she's she's doing she's, her best. She's doing her best. That's what I say for what I'll do. Well, what's the rest of your Sunday hold? Um, I'm going to go home and have a lovely meal, I okay, think. Okay, lovely. Yeah, in the sunshine. Yep, sun's shining yeah. and why not? Thank you so much for making the effort to come in. Lovely to meet you as well. And Thank good you. luck with the next book, book number 23. Thank you, Andy. Andy Peters on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio. We need to talk to somebody. The person I want to talk to is called Kath in Bolton. Kath, good morning or good afternoon to you. Good afternoon. How are you, Kath? I'm fine, thank you. Are you an expert on you too, Kath, by any chance? No, I'm not. I'm sorry, but I'm not. No. I'm thinking of this video. You're like, Andy, I haven't got a clue. So just stop (laughs) now. Like You're like, Andy, leave it. We've got a team of experts on it. A YouTube video, black and white. The camera goes through Bono's legs and goes round him. It was really revolutionary at its time. Just saying, Kath, just saying. How is Bolton today? Very, very hot and very sunny. Oh, lovely. A friend of mine is a fireman in Bolton. So if your house is ever on fire, God forbid... If the fireman comes around and you go, oh, you, Stephen? Oh, I spoke to your friend, Andy Peters, on the radio once. Do you see I mean, it's not morbid, but do you know what I mean, Kath? Just in case. Yeah. Or if you see a fire yeah, engine going by, just always yeah. stop and say, is one of you called Stephen? And then see. I will do. Okay, good. Right. You have called in because I've got the opportunity for you to win a prize. You could win yeah. your very own summer barbecue, courtesy of Waitrose. I'm going to ask you three questions. Each question pertains to one of the courses of food that you'll win. So I'll ask you a question that will win you the starter. I'll ask you another question that will win you the main. I'll then ask you another question that will win you the dessert. Okay? Yes. Do you love a bit of Waitrose food? Who doesn't? I do. Thank you. It's very nice. Good, good. Right. Okay. So to win course one, let me tell you what course one is. You'll Mm -hmm. get Waitrose Mexican sweet corn ribs with feta and chili. So basically, imagine... Oh, is that your... Are you salivating there, Kath? (laughs) Oh, I mean, I can... I've got a picture of them in front of me. They look delicious. A little bit of chili. There's a lime wedge even included, okay? So it's Mexican sweet corn ribs with feta and chili. Here's your question to win that. Which of the following Red Hot Chili Pepper songs is... Which one of these is a Red Hot Chili Pepper song? Okay. Under the River, Under Mm -hmm. the Road, Under the Bridge. Which one of those is a Red Hot Chili Pepper song? Under the Bridge. That's right. You've got... You've got the Mexican sweet corn ribs that made you salivate. Well done. Good. Right. Question two to win your main course. Your Mm -hmm. main course. So are you vegetarian or do you eat meat? 
I'm both. I have my family who are up for the weekend from Suffolk are vegetarians, but I do do eat a bit of meat. Okay, well, in that case, I've got you covered because you'll get Waitrose Buffalo Chicken Wings and Waitrose Chili Halloumi Burgers. So oh, they'll so, be in heaven. Yeah, they'll be in heaven. So you've got the buffalo chicken wings and the chili halloumi burgers. Here's your question. Nana Cherry had a big hit in 1988 with Buffalo A. Soldier. Soldier. Let, let, me, do, <laughs> let me do the options. Okay. A, stance. B, legs. C, head. Buffalo. <sighs> Hold on. You see, you answered really quickly and I had to help you there. Yes, you did. I was thinking it in my head. Okay. Um, Buffalo stance. Buffalo A stance. Yeah. You are correct. You've got the main course. Enough for all of the family, the meat eaters and the vegetarians. So this is it. Okay there, Kath. Here we go. For three out of three. And this is to get you your dessert, which will be... Waitrose Cherry Bakewell Crumble Cakes mm-hmm. and Waitrose Frozen Pina Colada Mix, the cocktail, obviously. Oh, yeah. listen to this. Almond or almond sponge cakes filled with fruity morello cherry compote and you wash down your whole meal by transporting your taste buds with this juicy pineapple, coconut and banana cocktail mix. <laughs> Sounds delish. <laughs> right, so here's your question. Remember, don't answer before I've given you the option. I want to think Here we go. Which Tom Cruise movie featured the Beach Boys song, Kokomo? Was it A, Top Gun, B, Cocktail, or C, Mission Impossible? So remember... It's B. I don't even have to tell you to remember what you're winning. You're going for B, Cocktail. Let's wait and see what the computer says. Yay! <laughs> oh, congratulations, Kath. <laughs> you can a sigh of relief. You've got that fantastic, perfect barbecue ready to go, all ready to go, courtesy of Waitrose. The main, the starter, and the dessert. It's all yours, Kath. Oh, thank you so much. Kath, congratulations. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. You take care. See you later. You too. Bye. 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 Yay! Thank you so much for joining me on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. And don't forget, have you clicked that follow button on our socials? If not, you're missing out on all the behind-scenes action from the kitchen to the studio. Just look up at Virgin Radio UK on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Andy Peters on the Graham Norton Radio Show with Waitrose. You can taste when it's Waitrose. Virgin Radio.